0: companies and etc that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental my name is michael diamond and for tonight's game i will be your keeper thank you for joining us again another episode of the old ways podcast i am your keeper keeper michael and we will return to horror on the orient express where we return to trieste for perhaps a bit of investigation a bit of clue digging and who knows what else chicanery will uh, under uh get underfoot here. And so at the top of the show, I would like to thank all of our listeners and our Patreon supporters. We truly appreciate all of your shares, your reviews. Uh, Keep them coming because the cast loves having all of that wonderful feedback as well. Speaking of the cast, we're going to begin with introductions to my
1: right. Hello there, this is Mike and I play James Robert Fraser, who is about to embark on a nice bracing walk to a uh, clear of the cobwebs from his uh, his mind
0: good to get out and move the body as uh as you do right get out and, and get out into the air and perhaps uh, perhaps have some clarity of thought will come to you
1: absolutely moving bodies is a good thing i agree
0: uh to your right
2: hi this is rena i play lady elizabeth fitzroy and i'm just glad to see that the city is still in one piece
0: More or less, more or less, more or less. Uh, Your fellow investigators in one piece, that's a totally different story. Uh, But I'm certain that Paul will have them um, in the right treatment plans for the future. Uh, At the end of the table.
3: Hello, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and I am learning Greek.
0: Yes, you've decided to sort of sit in today and recuperate and probably do your best not to pick up any stray weapons fire and also learn Greek which um, is just an excellent idea in my mind. So I I fully and wholeheartedly agree with your determination to learn such a wonderful language. Uh, And to Mr. Griffiths, right?
4: Hi, I'm Miranda and I play Maggie Bellinger and perhaps I'll soon make the list of things that are hazardous to Richard's trousers.
0: I think that's a totally reasonable plan. And undoubtedly, I think the percentage is fairly high but I will ask the maths professor um, himself so uh, last but most certainly not least I'm Martin and I'm playing Richard Courtney and he's looking forward to trying out his other device hmm. more on that later so we raised the curtain tonight with uh, the group going about Trieste the uh, Boro winds today are reasonably strong although not overwhelming so those of you who have experienced them before, uh, some of you experienced them way too closely And upon arrival, um, you are not feeling as concerned about them when you first leave the hotel, um, but you do sort of preternaturally grasp for those wires or chains or ropes that are along the walkways here because they just make the travel so much easier. So the group had talked about going to a local cathedral, and perhaps a few other stops along the way. Upon exiting the hotel, you notice that Paul fairly quickly diverts from the group. So he says he's going to make the best opportunity of the daylight and get to a local hospital and talk about a brace. And so I guess I would ask the the, uh, investigators where specifically they're going to go today. So
1: Mr. Fraser would like to um, go and have a little look at the the cathedral partly out of uh, an interest in the architecture uh, and design and uh, possibly the the paintings and and that uh, within it but um, also with regard to the fact that places of worship seem to be figuring fairly prominently in their investigations thus far and um He's got a a little bit of an ulterior motive in mind for for going going to uh, the hotel specifically with Maggie, um, because he is aware that she has some sort of a sixth sense when she uh, she gets close to these uh, these items these these the simulacrum. There's, there is definitely he can't deny that there is definitely some sort of peculiar connection between her and them, um, and he wonders if perhaps they uh, they. They take a tour around the cathedral. Then uh, she might potentially feel some sort of uh, attraction to an- another uh, section of, of this uh, this creation, whatever it might be. It's this um, this marionette, whatever it exactly? And he's not. He's still not exactly sure what it is. You know, it's a knows it's a, a sort of a, 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 a multi-sectioned humanoid figure, but uh, quite what its purpose is, he really he's a, is is a mystery.
0: It is a mystery, and her connection with the simulacrum is also at least a little bit a mystery. She has occasionally delved into the story of the Comte visiting her, but it's hard to tell what the truth is of that story. It's still a little gray. Perhaps she hasn't told you the whole thing. Perhaps she knows more, or maybe even more true to the point, it's simply a bit of intuition on her part as to where these pieces are. Whatever the case may be, the cathedral is probably a fine stop.
1: He's also aware that um, Winkleman was buried in the graveyard beside the cathedral um, from the, the research that they did at the library the previous day, and I'd like to take a little look at that as well.
2: And lady is going along on this journey for two reasons. One, to keep an eye on Maggie so that she doesn't fall into trouble again. And uh, two, because she's aware from maps and things that the museum is very close to the cathedral. And she didn't actually get a chance to look inside the museum, thanks to some Befez gentleman who decided to shoot at her. So, might be a good time to take a look.
0: It is reasonable to want to go and look into a both a museum of history and of art. There's probably quite a few things in there you might be able to garner for your investigation. Okay, so... Uh, I guess the ultimate question is, museum or cathedral, which one comes first? Um, Well, I suppose quickest uh,
1: answer to that question is, um, which one would we pass on the way to the other one?
0: Well, just looking at your map, you'll notice going up from your hotel, walking sort of south uh, along the coastline here, you're going to run into uh, the museum first. Uh, unless you knowingly and sort of um, purposefully alter your path to uh, intersect where the cathedral is,
1: uh, oh, your, your ladyship, uh, uh, Miss Ballinger, uh, from the uh, the layout of the, the city, we'll be passing the museum on the way to the uh, the, the cathedral. Uh, shall we uh, pay a visit to that? Uh, in the first
2: instance. Yes, that was part of my plan. Mr. Fraser, considering I didn't actually get a look inside when I went with the professor, and considering our research, we might have reason to find some of Winkleman's things, perhaps, inside. Or at least some more information to lead us to where we might find them. And if you choose not to stay at the museum, I'm quite happy to wander around on my own. I can
4: spend many happy hours in a museum. If stopping at the museum sounds perfectly fine to me as well. Ah,
1: well, um... Well, well, let's play it by ear and uh, see how the land lies when we arrive there. And uh, I'll either uh, leave you two ladies to uh, enjoy the, uh, the um, museum pieces or uh, perhaps I'll peruse them alongside you.
0: So the three of you make your way through the windy streets of Trieste, utilizing handholds when you can. You're, you're all sort of bundled up a little bit from the wind. It's not so much the cold at this point, but it is definitely the wind, which is dipping those temperatures further and further. The museum is quite simply a shelter from the wind. It is uh, nice hardwood floors, sort of beautiful shelves, pieces of artwork here that are displayed up on the walls and uh, some pedestal statuettes that have been done. You get a nice mix of not only Italian pieces here, but a little bit of French, but then also some something perhaps a little bit more Mediterranean here as well. You get a nice diverse, just as you're walking in, a pretty nice selection to peruse. So to your left, Lady Elizabeth, there is a fairly sizable Egyptian and Greek collection too. And so while not your aim, it is rather striking to see those pieces and hard to deny Perhaps a, a few moments won't hurt to inspect them.
2: Definitely take a slight detour.
0: Uh, and for you, Miss Bellinger, I think probably one of the things you find most compelling here, at least straight away, is the Roman collection that they have. And they have an awful lot of, we would say, goddess statuary here. It's not all the male-dominated Pantheon pieces. There's an awful lot of, of things here between those sort of ancient collections that exist something more and you have the museum before you the curator is here or the museum's staff are here and they are available should you so need them
2: well i think i would uh, ask the curator once i've had a little look around the egyptian section if there's anything of interest uh, on a a fairly famous former resident uh by the name of Winkleman. Heard that we could see some of his private collection at the museum.
0: The uh, attendant nods, says, uh... Herr Winkleman was a a benefactor here of the museum. Someone who supported us uh, for many years through his money that was left the museum. I'd be happy to show you some of his things.
2: I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for your help.
0: They take you to, uh corner portion of the first floor and you see a display cabinet. It's a rather wonderful thing. They turn a light an interior light of the cabinet on lighted cabinets, especially for this space are probably you were probably not expecting that. And so you see a a beautiful inlaid wooden box and it's lined with velvet. It holds seven medallions, four on the top row three on the bottom. They depict varying historical scenes. You see the sacking of Troy. And you see one that has Caesar's face on it. You see one that has been stylized in what you believe is a representation of Cleopatra. There's all sorts of uh, different personalities on them. There's a card in the cabinet. It looks like it's written in Italian. You're not certain what it says. You see Winkleman's name written by it.
2: Could you uh, turn to the curator? Could you uh, tell us what the card says? My Italian is a little on the uh, basic side, though so I'm learning. Of
0: course. Um, they pick out, sort of kneel down just a little bit by the card and say, uh, these medallions were once owned by uh, Hale Winkerman, and they were uh, acquired by the museum in 1910. The medallions were left to us through that Act by a gentleman, uh, Marcus Terramona. And the museum has had them ever since.
2: I I heard he was, poor Mr. Winkleman was killed over these medallions. It's it's all quite tragic, really. It is.
0: It is. Uh, We are happy to have them. And so uh, they serve as a uh, testament to his generosity and um, his good work.
2: Did he make these himself?
0: It's not certain, truly. Mm. Um, But he did favor them for much of his life. Um, We were lucky to secure them from the Teremona family.
2: Wonderful, thank you.
0: The curator nods and says, uh, If you need anything else, just please inquire. And she sort of leaves you in the space there.
2: Grazie. So, Mr. Fraser, we have a name.
1: Ah, indeed, your ladyship, yes. Um, if, if I'm not very much mistaken, this uh, Marcus Teramona may very well be a descendant of the Giovanni Teramona we, uh, we saw in the, uh, the information from the, the library. Um, and if there are papers and a diary, that, uh, that may give us a lot more information if we can get access to it.
0: Miss Bellinger, give me a spot hidden roll, if you would.
4: Oh, I certainly can. (laughs) That is a 21 under 41.
0: Ooh. Okay. So that's a standard success, yes? Mm Mm-hmm. So you notice something a little strange. You notice this display case that the two of them are looking at. And at first... You know, okay, so the medallions are cool and all, sure. Um, but one thing that they don't no one seemed to have mentioned is that the second row here has just the slightest depression on the right hand side where it it almost looks like there should be an eighth medallion here. But it's missing.
4: Um do either of you happen to notice that one medallion is missing? Really? What gives you that idea? Well, well, look if you if you follow the the medallions here, there's there's a spot where another one should be. You can see it's slightly indented here. Fascinating.
0: Yeah, she's she's uh, spot on with that, uh, Mister Fraser. There, where on that nap there of the velvet, she's right. There should be an eighth medallion. Good Lord!
1: I wonder if it uh, has gone missing recently or is there any way of telling from looking at this um, whether it looks like is this under glass is it, it would or okay so dust wouldn't have settled on it or anything like that I, I'm gonna have a, a, a little look at the uh, the case um that they're in um and uh, see if I can see is it, if it's hinged and if it appears to have been tampered with recently if, if maybe it's uh, I would imagine maybe it's locked because these these must uh, must have some uh, value to them
0: So if you would give me a hard spot hidden roll. I will do my very best. I can give you a little bit more information about the case.
1: Okay. Let me just see now. My spot hidden is quite good. Fingers crossed.
0: Um, That, I believe, 16 is an extreme spot hidden. So two things are true about this case. One, it was handmade. What I mean by that specifically is that it was made to hold these medallions. There's nothing else in this case except this tray that sits at a 45-degree angle, which holds this inlaid wood velvet-lined box. And lights have been made for the interior to sort of light up the space and to be able to show the great detail on these medallions. Hmm. The second thing that is true is that it has a hinged side, not top. And that hinged side is sits a bit against the wall, and so you would have to move the case out to get to that hinged to, to even open the box. And by the capped feet of this cabinet, hmm. that would be it would not be impossible per se. It can't be too heavy. Maybe 20 or 30 kilograms at most but the issue will be is that it would create an awful wreck for anyone and an awful sound for -hmm. for someone moving this case you'd have to pick the whole thing up if someone were to try to tamper with it
1: I was going to look on the floor and see if there are kind of scrape marks where the the feet have been dragged along you
0: do see very faintly on the wood here on the back to the back left leg closest to the wall you see that there is a sharp, almost 60-degree curve as if it had been moved previously, and that back leg dug into the wood just ever so slightly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most people would never recognize that, but for someone who is as fastidious as you are about how a house is kept, Mm -hmm. a scratch on a wood floor is noticeable for you.
1: All right, so is it like a kind of a a parquet floor or something like that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, All right, and does it look recent is 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 it a fresh scratch? Is that possible to tell with an extreme spot in there?
0: Uh, it is not a fresh scratch. Okay,
1: so it was a wee while ago that some somebody has clearly removed this uh, this medallion, and it's not been noted or nothing's been done about it by the museum staff. Not openly, no.
0: Not openly, yeah, yeah.
1: So yes, it uh, it appears that somebody has uh, has moved the whole case in order to uh, to get to this and. Uh, well, I must have made some noise as well. So doesn't look to have been done recently though. I wonder, I wonder.
2: Well, perhaps he was killed for that one in particular, or if perhaps the family chose not to provide all eight. Well, either way, I do think perhaps we can clear up that bit of the mystery by speaking to the family. Did they provide 7
4: or did they provide 8? Well, could we also perhaps notify the museum staff they would know if there should be eight?
1: Well, it, it certainly looks, from what I can tell looking at this, it looks as though there were eight here. Somebody has moved the, the case uh, and removed one and then placed the case back into place.
2: Why did the curator not notice that there were only seven or at least mentioned that there had been an eighth, but one was missing?
4: They may have not thought it to be important, or they may not know that the one is missing,
2: Perhaps we can ask her, and if she doesn't know, then when we speak to the family, perhaps they might know what the Eighth One should look like.
1: Yes, precisely. I... am most curious. That's a sound suggestion, Your Ladyship. I think the best way to know whether or not somebody knows something is to ask them.
2: You don't say, Mr. Fraser.
1: I do say, Your Ladyship. I'll have a look around see if I can see this uh, museum curator that was uh, we were speaking to earlier on. Yeah,
0: they're at the uh, front desk sort of uh, helping some of the other people who are coming in to see the museum. They're making sure that, that they have what they need. They give you their attention if you stand there for just just a minorist of weight. Yes, sir. Oh, um, uh, I'm terribly,
1: terribly sorry to bother you uh, again. Um, uh, and I kind of have a quick look to, just to see if we've kind of got a, a wee private moment. I... Uh, yeah. I uh, I couldn't help but noticing that um, the uh, the medallions that you have there there appears to be uh, one missing. Uh, was there a was there a theft in the museum?
0: Oh, not that I'm aware of. Oh, really? The medallion case that was given us by the family for the museum to display that this is how we received it.
1: Oh, I see. I see. Uh, I, I I must have uh, must have missed. Uh, Misunderstood uh, what I was uh, what I was looking at. Uh, it looked to me as though the uh, the case had been tampered with.
0: Oh, uh, uh, not that I know of. I make a
1: psychology roll to see if she's just kind of um, upholding the museum's reputation <laughs> and not admitting that somebody had been in to steal stuff. You absolutely can. My, my, my psychology is fifty two, reasonably good uh, reader of people. Oh, 53. I'm going to spend a point of luck to make that a normal success. I think
0: <laughs> just one point of luck. I can, I can spare that. It's uh, it's in short supply these days. You get a fairly good read of the curator and you think that they probably know more than they're saying, but you don't in, you don't get any malicious intent by it. You rightly ascertain, you think, But they're likely trying to preserve the reputation of the museum, especially given Winkleman's, um, well, his reputation here. They don't want people to think there was any sort of funny business with his seven medallions suddenly having been eight originally.
1: I think I will will let that go for the moment. Um, I won't press the matter. But uh, but I'll I'll thank the the curator for their assistance and I'll I'll head back over to uh, Lady Elizabeth and uh, and Miss Ballinger.
0: Before you go, the curator um, sort of offers uh, the the family also left a sizable collection of books. Oh, uh, that Winkleman had uh, given them. Oh, fascinating! It, Would you be interested in reading through? Oh, them? absolutely! Yes, yes,
1: please. Um, uh, um uh, they are in italian or, or english or german uh, yeah,
0: or? M- m- most of them are um have, were transcribed by uh, someone here in town uh, we have versions in italian and in english oh
1: splendid splendid that uh, uh, y- yes uh, if if they are available to t- for viewing then um that would be uh, very acceptable thank you thank you very much indeed
0: much appreciated uh, it's, it's a small reading room i will go and collect them she sort of points across the museum floor to uh, there's a series of three doors uh that look like private reading areas marvelous uh, yes
1: uh we'll uh we'll be over there then and uh, we'll see you momentarily
0: wonderful she steps her out behind the desk and goes into a back room i'll head over to the others and give them the good news books there's books here the leadership marvelous
1: and um, I, b- I believe this, uh, this curator is going to make your day. <laughs> now, the other thing I should note as well, um, it's clear to me from, uh, speaking to the curator that, uh, well, the museum claims that, uh, the, uh, uh this particular display came to them in, in the condition that we see it. But, uh, I have a very strong suspicion that, uh, uh, there may have been a theft at some stage in the past that the museum don't don't want to be public knowledge for fear of loss of uh, loss of reputation and like um i didn't wish to press the matter with her but uh, i don't know if I, either of you uh, would like to uh, perhaps uh, speak to her and uh, see if uh, you can gain a, a little more uh, uh, information about uh, the true nature uh, of exactly how that particular coin came to be uh, uh, missing from the collection
2: Perhaps we should do some reading first, Mr. Fraser. If I know what coin is missing or what metal is missing and what it looks like, I might be able to be armed with more information to press her with.
1: Very good, your ladyship. What was, actually, that's a very good question. What was on the coins? What uh, what design was on the coins?
0: So um, the the coins have various designs from history. So that could be anything from. Troy, it could be anything. It's basically ancient Greek and ancient Roman, also some ancient Egypt. Um, But all of them, for the most part, either celebrate one of two things. Either they celebrate a building project, like the pyramids, or they celebrate a culture which was known for building things. The Colosseum, Roman culture, that sort of thing. That seems to be the through line that you see the theme, Right. which makes sense because Winkelman's own, his thrust in life was architecture.
1: Okay. Yeah. That, um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, is there any way from looking at them? Does there seem to be any kind of sequence, um, Maybe, maybe it might even be out of an out of order sequence. Because if one has been stolen, this is the thing that's that's really puzzling Fraser at the minute. Why would you only steal one? Um, because it would be noticed to be gone. Regardless, it's not like you know you you steal one and, and hope nobody notices and you get away with it. Um, why would you only steal one and not not more than one? What was special about that one? And is there any way of telling from the ones that are remaining? What the one um, that's missing might possibly have had on it?
0: I think it's too big of a leap of logic right now. You don't have enough facts yet, but it is a good question. Can you find the answer? That's the, the next one. So presumably, there's some sort of a building theme to it, though in some in some way, shape, or form. I would say that the eras end about twelfth or thirteenth century. That's about the earliest, quote-unquote, that you get. Right, that's the closest to where you are right now. So just judging that, maybe it's something in the 14th or 15th century that was built. Oh, right. Okay. So so it's like
1: building through the ages kind of thing, maybe on, on, the, on the, the coins. Okay.
0: You all get led to a small reading room with a table, a couple of chairs, and a stack of three or four books. And these appear to be leather-bound, probably about three to four inches high and uh, a series of volumes. It looks like they're marked four, five, six, seven. And the curator says the same family, the Terramona family, dedicated these books along with Winkleman's medallions. If you'd like to have a read through them, perhaps they can give you some additional information on him or perhaps she confesses that she has not read them. The uh, uh, the museum has an awful lot of books in its collection. And so if you are interested, then she encourages you to enjoy the museum and even offers you tea.
2: I will take tea and read some books.
0: Um. So Mr. Fraser, this looks like an opportune time to go check
1: out a cathedral i was just thinking that yes um uh, books are very very much more her her ladyship's domain um i can certainly um carry them and uh make sure they are aligned perfectly um uh, in uh, in sequence on a a shelf but um sorting through them for uh, vital information is uh, that's, that's not so much his thing
0: so for you lady elizabeth um, this is going to be a gargantuan read to try to do alone. Uh, that would be, of course, unless Miss Ballinger wanted to assist you with it.
4: Well, I was about to say if we split the reading, then we can get through it faster, but I, I also don't know if Mr. Fraser wants to take the Maggie Dowsing Rod with him.
1: Well, um, he will ask, Miss um, uh, Ms., Ms. Ballinger, um uh, what is your preference? Uh, would you like to... Uh... Uh, take a turn about the cathedral with uh, with me, or would you rather <clears throat> two minutes Would you like to take a turn about the cathedral with me, or would you rather stay uh, here and uh, go through the, this uh, the, the paperwork with uh, her ladyship?
4: The cathedral sounds quite interesting, but Lady Elizabeth, you need our assistance uh, in in the the work here. There's uh, there's a saying, I believe, about uh, many hands and work and such.
2: Yes, it uh, would be helpful to have some assistance. There's quite a lot of reading material, and even with my speed, I don't think I quite get through all of it in one day. But uh, it's up to you, of course, Miss Bellinger. I wouldn't want to infringe on your walkabout time.
4: Oh no, if, if you think this is important, then I'd be happy to stay with you. Perhaps there's more... I do. ...clues in the pages? I do think it's important and I will choose to stay with Lady Elizabeth.
1: Well, then uh, I will uh, bid you adieu uh, for the time being. um, And, uh, well, shall I uh, come back here later on and catch up to see how how you're progressing?
4: Yes, we could compare notes.
1: Do you say that there there were um, two or three reading rooms side by side? Mm. Yes. I think Fraser would like to very briefly... Because he's become rather paranoid, um, just have a look in the other reading rooms to see if there's anybody in them.
0: Okay. Uh, the reading room directly next to the one Lady Elizabeth and Magiran is empty. Uh, okay. I'll uh, uh, if I o- open the door and
1: see them in there, I'll just uh, uh, make my apologies and uh,
0: uh, head on my way to the to the cathedral. Very good, sir. Uh so back at the hotel, Professor, you have um about at this point, halfway or so fashioned the finishing of this device this treatment device, and uh you hear a soft knock on your door. Um yes. Professor, it's it's Paul. I was wondering if we could take a look at the bandages, maybe.
5: Uh, uh yes, give me give me a moment,
0: and Richard will just sort of tidy things away a little bit. Right, so when you come to the door. Paul is, doctor bag in hand, and he's looking uh, reasonably positive. Uh, I've um, I've managed to uh, secure a, a nice brace for uh, for Simon at the hospital.
5: Ah, yes, he did appear to be somewhat beaten up, but um, uh, how is his leg?
0: I fear it's worse than many understand. Um, he's the ankles, you understand damage to them is detrimental and especially someone of his size when they're harmed or when they're injured uh, the ligaments inside them become loose and it can be very difficult if it doesn't heal properly i'm 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 truly hoping that the brace will will help him a little bit at least keep it straight because well we all know he's not going to stop working oh. or being I don't know, this group's punching bag sometimes, it feels like.
5: Yes, indeed. Um, hmm. Well, that's good news. I mean, I I hope he um,
0: mends. I do, too. Um, So, if you would, um, should we check on your wounds, perhaps? Oh, yes, of of course, yes. It smells Uh, a little strange in here. It's...
5: I know, um... Uh, electrical fire? Uh, no, I don't think so. I um, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, we um, uh, I did, did did anybody tell you we, we we spent a a most unusual evening at a a farmer's um, uh, uh, you you must have seen all over Simon. There was um sort of strange herbs and um like a, a clay like substance. Uh, uh, yes, uh, I. Yeah no idea what I smell of, but um, I'm sure it's not nice. Well,
0: this hotel does have a bath. And if you don't mind me saying so, I'm I'm certain that Maggie wouldn't mind if you took a bath. She seems awful sweet on you, Professor.
5: Yes, I'm afraid I'm running out of clothes at quite some rate of knots. I'm going to need some, some more. Everything I have seems to be either shot through or ripped.
0: I was thinking about that. I was sort of wondering if maybe we could find a tailor who could perhaps get you something a bit more reinforced. Right. You know, like, like um uh, a material backing for your trousers or your jackets that could stand up to the rigors and the torch you seem to put your clothes through. I can't walk around in a suit of armor. Oh, no, nothing so, nothing so medieval, of course. But but perhaps it's something that we look into. Um, well, yes. I, I mean, I, I suppose. I
5: have no idea if Kevlar was invented at this time.
0: It was not. It was not. Uh, uh, but uh, what he talks about is a material you've not heard of before, at least not readily, and that's denim. Uh, it, it might be possible. Well, in in America, uh, denim is is, is worn uh, out west, where they do a lot of. Farming and cattle raising, and it's made to hold up to that sort of stress. S- the seams and some of the pockets are uh, rivet reinforced.
5: Right. Um, I, I don't have a massive problem with my pockets. I, it's more bullets that are the, the issue.
0: Perhaps we'll think on that a little bit more. Very well. Take off your shirt, please. Um, Richard will take off his shirt. It, you see, Paul, like, do a double take as always. I still can't get past what's gone on with your skin. The geometric nature of it is...
5: Yes, I know. I studied it at quite some length, as you can imagine. I can.
0: Paul's medicine rolls a 38. Uh, and so, Doctor, uh, Professor, you're going to heal an additional hit point today. That's good. That's five. That's still pretty low, but I'll take it. <laughs> he says... uh yeah. I'll come and check on you later this evening, and, and perhaps there'll be a way we can make sure that you're mending well. It might take a few days for us to get you back in proper working order. But uh, Fraser did tell me that it was a pretty harrowing experience there at the grotto.
5: Yes, I mean, I shot at again. I mean, I was only shot at the morning before in the in the, the garden outside the museum. That was the same fellow again. What's happened to him? Um, well, I mean, he doesn't exist anymore. He, he was, um, killed. Killed?
0: Paul looks shocked.
5: Yes. By whom? I, I believe he, um, fell and hit his head against a rock. By accident?
0: Well, the grotto is dark.
5: It's worth pointing out at this point that In Richard's mind, this is a perfectly reasonable story because at some point on his way down, he no doubt hit his head on the ground on a rock. So it's a factual statement.
0: It's not the whole truth, but it's not untrue either. What you're saying is Richard is rationalizing what happened to the befezzed man. Hmm. So he hit him on the head with a rock and then he fell down
5: and hit his head on a rock with the full force of him falling such a
0: distance onto the floor grind rock that's a zero 06 of my psychology roll paul sort of t- tilts his head just a little bit and says i'm sure that there's more to the story but what's important professor is that you're here and not there right not quite, yes. I mean, we all got out unscathed. I mean, uh, relatively speaking, we're all well, alive. Well, there's, there's a couple of holes in Maggie that might argue with that point, but she's somehow moving around the city again. She's a wonder.
5: Yes. Yes, isn't she?
0: I do wonder if the simulacrum is having some sort of effect on her in that regard.
5: Ah, Yes, I was pondering the same thing myself. Maybe that sort of i'm afraid it might not be healing her but instead giving her some sort of i don't know false energy maybe she's borrowing from places that um that that she shouldn't and then the simulacrum allows that i'm i'm worried it might have some permanent lasting effect some yes
0: i talked with mr fraser about this in some regard uh, this morning actually and in in a manner of speaking do you think maybe that we could all look at this as not a, a fateful and terrible outcome, but perhaps this is all very good? Why can't good things happen to these people? You, this group. It could be that Maggie's connected with something that others haven't. She's benefiting from it.
5: Um, right. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on uh, how you would determine whether it was a good thing or not. I mean, have you, have you studied it? and its effects.
0: I haven't unfortunately been given an opportunity to study both Maggie and the pieces together, but of course, as a man of science, I'm very much interested to do so. Yes. I mean, Miss Bellinger and I met for something more in regards to her recovery from what happened in Venice, and I've given her a treatment plan that I think will be somewhat effective for what's going on. It's something we've used at Charrington before but perhaps there is some credence to studying both her and the simulacrum pieces together in the same space and just to see what effects that they have on her
5: i i don't think she's a a lab rat, but um oh no i wouldn't say that at all no 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 harm in observation but i i certainly wouldn't uh want to put her through any trials or, or tests or anything of that nature, I, I I think that would be highly inappropriate. Unethical.
0: Hmm. Observation was my first step. Yes. May, maybe the last as well. I think that's fair. I would rather have Maggie guide the treatment process anyway. It's her body, don't you think?
5: Well, I mean, uh, as a a member of the medical profession, you have a, a, a duty to do what's best for your patient. Not um, That's not necessarily always the wishes of,
0: uh, of the afflicted. You are quite right. I think the time that we've had an opportunity to spend together since, Sherrington has shown me that Maggie is a, a free spirit. She's very much interested in experiencing new things and I would think that observing alone, she would be willing to at least entertain. It might even be easier for her to do if you were there with her.
5: Um, yes, possibly. I mean, in terms of her judgment,
0: I... You remember Venice? I do. And, and we've had a chance to talk about it, Professor. And I think... I think maybe you should understand something a little bit better. Right. What happened to her in Venice you had a hand in, you understand? Right. By the bridge. The Rialto. And you can hear Paul's tone change. His voice deepens. He gets very direct with you. I'm not interested in sorting over who's to blame. But what she saw in that river was pointed out by you. And so her her affliction afterwards, hence, could be laid at your feet. It it could. Um...
5: I fail to
0: see the point that you're arriving at. What I'm arriving at is she had afterwards a very difficult experience. She awoke into a different personality. And while I have been able through just after a few sessions with her, really talks to get her to a place where she is not oh, I don't know, as she was before, attempting to hold divine dominion over everyone that she was around, that relief is temporary. That person, the personality there, that believes that they walk on this Earth to be the Earth's divine being, it's there. It's still in her. It's just being soothed.
5: I'm not quite sure I understand. You... Are you suggesting that that's always been there and the rivers have woken that or, or, or was that imbued
0: by the river? I don't believe it was the river at all. I believe it's what she saw in the river. I believe that her brain was not prepared to understand what she saw and it awoke something inside of her to protect herself. And that being a sort of superimposed personality who, over who we know.
5: Right. And what is it you think she saw?
0: I don't know. But have you considered having her camera developed?
5: I no. Have you not discussed that with her yourself?
0: I have not. I would rather her not see the image that is is on that film. Alright. Now, I'm going to go and check on my other patient... I wish you the best of day, of course. And should any observation of Miss Bellinger and the simulacrum be in order, I would hasten to think that you would be first on the list of people to be there, yes? Well, indeed. Um, And just, sorry, um, if
5: you would um, indulge me for another moment. I I mean, do you have any any
0: advice or opinions on how we can better help Maggie? Oh, Certainly. You could not take Miss Bellinger into highly stressful situations where she might be exposed to people or entities from the beyond. I think that's the easiest way for me to put it, as fantastical as that sounds. What Maggie needs is perhaps a few years of a calm existence somewhere, which is likely the one thing she will not get.
5: No, it was just your suggestions of perhaps um, observing both her and the simulacrum together made me think that you had a—I I don't know—a theory or or some ideas on maybe how we could get an offer or or something like that. Some, some. He
0: he seems almost a little crestfallen when you mention that. I have been thinking at great length along our trip, Professor, about such an issue. She seems so tied to them, almost as if there's something deeper between her and these pieces. I don't understand the connection. I I don't know if if anyone does.
5: No. Right. Uh, Richard's confused. He's taking an approach um, that she should be left alone, she's going to take years to heal, and she shouldn't be anywhere near any of this stuff. And in a previous breath, he was very much about I read that as experimenting with Maggie and the simulacrum so Richard's confused as to what the hell this guy's motives are. I don't think I don't think Richard knows what to say to Paul now, so I think he's going to have to leave it and get back to him later.
0: When there's enough of a silence between the two of you, Paul turns to leave.
2: Mm.
0: He gives you a, a a simple nod and says that he'll speak with you later and heads down the hall to talk to Simon. So, Simon, in the depths of your Greek learning and research, you are visited probably about midday or so with a tray of food in the hands of Paul, who comes to check on your wounds and to see how you are getting along. Afternoon, Paul. Uh, Simon will be sitting up at a table
3: because he doesn't want to have his legs stiffen too much laying down in bed. Oh, you're up. I I thought it best that I... uh not allow my leg to stiffen too much. And and I've got some work to do here. We're, we're going to be coming up on uh, the Balkans soon. So hmm. uh, I'm boning up on my Greek here.
0: Well, it is a uh, hmm. book by many, I would imagine. And is it true that you're taking the train all the way to Constantinople?
3: That's what I understand.
0: Hmm. I would perhaps suggest some Turkish as well. And be mindful of when you speak Turkish or Greek around those. Given the war and all, that's a fair point, sir. Thank you. Question for you then: Um,
3: is Turkish distinctly different from Arabic? Then,
0: mm, yes, they are different languages. Ah, uh, although there might be some carryover given the basis of the languages.
3: I, I, I don't think I could go to a library for one of these. I'm wondering if they have any kinds of. Is there a bookstore around here, you think?
0: Possible. You can even find some stuff at the museum. But before you go wandering off anywhere, Simon, I want to test this brace on you.
3: Uh, I would prefer to, and I also am quite sure I do not want to wander off by myself.
0: Yeah, I would imagine so. He, takes a chair uh, or a stool or something like that and sets it up so you can put your leg up. Well, uh, so how is the Greek going?
3: I think I'm getting somewhere. I I have, I'm trying to translate a piece that I found with Dr. Smith. And I think it will be important once we arrive there. I've been working on it for a bit. Hmm.
0: All right. He fits the brace to your leg after checking out the the wound itself. Um, The compression it gives is at first very, very uncomfortable. It's not pain per se, but it just feels it feels like putting a compression brace around something that you have never had to use before. And so your, your foot feels like there is a big clamp around it. Um, but afterwards, uh, there does seem to be a lot more, I don't know, a lot more sturdiness to your, to your, your, your footing. Now it doesn't feel like your ankle wobbles as much anymore, but there's still internal pain from the ligaments and the bones
3: so i at this point right now simon is not going to collapse if he puts weight on that leg but he's definitely going to be moving slower or have a slight limp of some sort
0: Mm, you're very concerned about running or even climbing a ladder and having to put and shift the weight now you know that you you know your body will heal after a time but will it heal fast enough for what the group needs that's hard to say
3: well On the plus side, Simon won't have to carry Richard for a while.
0: (laughs) Well, on the plus side. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate this.
3: I appreciate what you've done.
0: Of course. I don't really, I confess, I don't know a ton of Greek. Uh, Maybe a few words. I was mostly a Latin study, of course, in school. So, But uh, happy hunting, and um, I'm going to get back to my own studies. All right,
3: Paul. Thank you again. Are you going to be checking in later today, then, or will I see you tomorrow?
0: I'll uh, I'll check your wounds now and then um, we'll just make sure before bedtime that that you haven't uh, you don't need any further adjustments. Uh, Thank you. Ooh, Paul rolled a 69. Nice. Mm. So given that that is under his medicine score, uh, you'll regain an additional hit point today. And then we will move our camera at that point to Lady Elizabeth and Miss Bellinger. Who are combing through various volumes.
4: In my happy place. (laughs) Uh, I'm rather pleased that they're in English this time.
0: mm, Yes. So there is a version of them that is in Italian. And it appears that a a local Italian translator has translated a version of them into English. Um, It looks like the notes here, Lady Elizabeth, say that it was the bequest of someone. It lists a name here. But this was 15 years ago
2: the translation was like someone commissioned the translation
0: yep somebody wanted it translated about 15 years ago you don't know why but it's there it's listed in the liner notes basically the the, when the curator gave you the sack of books they give you basically a piece of paper of the most recent times that they've been checked out and it shows that way back when right so almost you know before the great before the great war they were um they were translated into english for some reason
4: Well, I don't trust that. That's not suspicious at all. No.
0: Uh, So, reading through the books, what I would like is uh, sort of an idea of how you're going to go at them. There's four different volumes, Mm -hmm. and it appears that they mostly cover a period of mm, 1780 to say about 1850. And it is a history piece.
4: Would you like to do the first and second and I'll do the second? You do the first and second and I'll do the third and fourth.
0: Sounds like a plan. Okay. So committing to this research is going to take the balance of the day or most of the balance of the day. Uh, Given that there are two of you, it would take longer if there were not two of you. So kudos to you, Miss Ballinger, for staying and helping. Otherwise, Lady Elizabeth would be burning the midnight oil in hopes of trying to complete the task. Um, So I would like library use rolls from the both of you. okay.
4: My favorite skill. My skill. (laughs) 53 under 80. 57 under 66.
0: Okay, so we have two material successes. Wonderful. So that will allow you to complete the research.
2: Summary of findings of court martial in French. Dated 13th September 1797, Chef de Bataillon Gaston Fusil, presi- presiding. At the inquiry into the deaths of Sergeant Andre Legrand and Soldat Jules-, Jules Heron, the following facts were determined by the tribunal. On 9th September, Sergeant Andre Legrand, Caporal Marcel Lasnier, and soldats Jules Heron and Louis Cochefer from Legrand's unit were drinking at a tavern, Il Capro Ubriaco, the drunken goat, where they fell in with Marchetti. Witnesses present stated that Legrand was very drunk. Capro Lasnier and the two soldats went upstairs where the tavern owner also ran a brothel. Upon their return, Legrand and Marchetti had disappeared. Legrand's body was found in a nearby alley a short time later. Witnesses stated that it was common knowledge in the unit that Sergeant Legrand had acquired some valuable treasure in Paris. This item was kept in his kit. The bag had been in Legrand's possession at the tavern, but was missing when his body was found. Lasnier, Heron, and Cochefer sought Marchietti, partially to revenge their sergeant, but also to recover Legrand's treasure.
4: On 10 September, the three men found Marchetti drinking at Caverna de Ratili, the Lizard's Cave Tavern. They waited until he left, then ambushed him, stunning him and dragging him to a cul-de-sac where they sought to extract the location of the bag. Witnesses stated that Marchetti at first denied having the bag, but after being beaten, confessed that he had passed the bag and its contents to his master. Marchetti refused to reveal the name of his master and a further beating ensued. It was at some time during this second beating that Marchetti's shirt was torn from his body. The facts from this point are unclear. Witnesses report hearing screams followed by repeated heavy blows. The civil authorities were summoned and upon investigation, Lasnieri and Cachefer were found dazed and bleeding along with two bodies. One was the body of Heron who appeared from the marks around his throat to have been strangled. The other body was battered beyond recognition, but may have been the body of Marchetti. Lasnier claims that the body was that of a monster that strangled Heron before it was killed. He claimed that the subsequent damage to the body was caused by Cochefer beating it with a billet of wood. A blood-soaked billet was found at the scene. Cochefer has not been able to testify. Doctors who have examined him conclude that it is unlikely that his mind will ever return. The finding of this tribunal is that Legrand was killed by civilian Marchetti in the course of a robbery. Heron was killed by person or persons unknown. The death of Marchetti is unconfirmed.
0: Thank you very much. And so... That clue, that sort of story comes out of these volumes. And the reason why it piques your interest is that date, 1797, those men are from Napoleon's army. And Napoleon's army links up really closely with the movements of the simulacrum. And so when the two of you, you know, begin to decipher the story, likely you first because of your knowledge of French, Lady Elizabeth, um, it becomes exceedingly, almost feverishly interesting to you. Like, okay, so he had treasure in this bag. It was never recovered. And as you go through the volumes, as you continue that night, that story is never referenced. The men are never talked about again. It's as if this report, this tribunal, this single report is the only report in the entire four-volume set that relates to it. And usually in some of these stories, especially when they're deeply into military history, there would be further follow-up reports. There would have been preceding reports about when the officers went to get the men, what they did afterwards, when people were remanded into custody. There's none of that. It's all been removed. And so this feels like a very sanitized portion, and that makes your investigative brain sort of trigger. Like, wait, why? Where's this treasure they talked about? What happened with the bag? They said his mind went, and they they don't think he'll ever recover? How did that happen? And the specific thing that pulls out to you, Miss Bellinger, is that they talk about a monster. There's monster talk here. So that's not normal.
4: I've seen many men turn to monsters, so... Well... I do believe there's some pieces missing, wouldn't you say, Miss Bellinger? Yes, there's a many empty pieces of this, lots of pieces of the puzzle missing. Quite. I
2: think we have some more digging to do.
0: I tend to agree with you, Lady Elizabeth. On that uh, note, we will end this session, and uh, we look forward to seeing our investigation continue in Northern Italy. We wish you the best of evenings or days, wherever you might be in listening. And uh, we look to uh, see you again soon. Thank you and good night.